All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, a tremendous Thursday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Coming to you live at the Ice House downtown, right across from uh, Rogers Place, where... So a few of you might need a, a few beers. We'll see. Uh, as the uh, Edmonton Oilers, oh, my goodness, how much time do we have? Well, we have four hours. I'm not sure uh, that'll be enough time to uh, to discuss uh, everything that is wrong uh, with the Oilers. And uh, obviously, we might not put a toque on because I'm looking um, – it's like I'm blinding everybody uh, right now if you're watching uh, online on Oilers Nation YouTube. So uh, we'll sort that out uh, uh, momentarily. But the um, – the orders, oh my goodness. We'll get to all that. We've got lots to discuss on the show today. The Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. It's a new season. It's a new sports book. But uh, stay in the game this season with PlayAlberta.ca. New players can sign up and use the uh, promo code SPORTS50 and get a $50 free bet today at PlayAlberta.ca. Also... Today, uh, there's no NHL. Probably a good thing for uh, order fans because uh, you need a day to uh, to lick your wounds. And you know what? Honestly, when you watched the game last night, and I've been saying this for a while, but I think last night uh, really showed you what the uh, what the real issues are for this team. There is uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, there needs to be a renewed commitment to defense. It's that simple. We, we could go through every goal last night, and, and you can see n- not, not little errors, glaring errors defensively 
for this team. And uh, it's got to be fixed. It has to be. There's no, there's no way you can, you can sugarcoat it. Look at the plays that they are making defensively at times. Like the Martin Neches goal, which is the fifth goal of the game, it's already 4-1. to one. The owners actually have all their men back in the zone. They're all back. Yet, they end up, no one actually takes Neches. He comes in, he's the late guy. Nobody bothers to shoulder check. These are simple things now i understand if it was a quick bang bang play sometimes you're going to get beat that's going to happen in the course of the nhl the game's fast but are you kidding me leon dry comes back in he's in the right position all he has to do is look over his left shoulder oh there's net chest you know what i'll do i'll just slide over into the low slot that's all you had to do nope just stares at the puck they got a bunch of puck watchers I'm sorry, but that is that is minor hockey defensive awareness. Okay, it's not good enough. Look at the third goal. Carolina comes in. It's a two-on-two. They dump it into the corner. It's actually three-on-three. Three. The orders have three players. Carolina Hurricanes have three players. Broberg and McLeod could not have played that any softer if they tried. They lost the, the puck battle on the corner. Then they lost the puck battle behind the wall. Then they lost a race to it. Comes in front. Boom. Scores 3-0. Okay? It's not good enough. You have to have a higher level of commitment from your team. Please don't. We can talk trade requests or trade proposals all day long. Oh, bring in a goalie. That's going to solve the problem. No, it won't. Until the team commits as a group to want to play high-end defensive acumen hockey, they're not going anywhere. Not just this year, not next year, not the year after. Okay, now now we can go back and look at the foundational issues here, and trust me, the organization doesn't get a free pass. This goes way back to when you brought in young players and there was not any real, like no offense, Milan Lucic wasn't the best leader for this group. He wasn't. They didn't have a guy. So Connor McDavid has never known what the true level of accountability is for what defensive is. However, he's now in the league long enough. That's not an excuse anymore. They can look around the league and be like, okay, guys, Leon, you can't make that play. End of discussion. I don't want to hear anything else. You can't make that play. Ryan McLeod, Philip Broberg. You know what? If you lose battles, but you can't lose three in a row when it's a two-on-two nothing play. Right? Matthias Ekholm, you're a veteran. You come in the offensive zone and you try, I don't even know what he was trying to do, spin around, lose the puck, and Connor Brown, you know that Matthias Ekholm is leading the rush. Why are you forcing up to be the fourth guy that high? Sit back. Boom, goes back two on one the other way, goal. How difficult did Edmonton make it for Carolina to score their goals last night? How hard did Edmonton, did Carolina have to work? All right, think about it. Go through the goals, man. This was not, oh my goodness, what an effort. What just relentless pressure from Carolina that led to the goals. No chance. Okay, so the players can tell me till they're blue in the face that they hold each other accountable and they might be holding each other accountable, but they're not holding each other accountable to a level that is necessary. If you want to win on a nightly basis in the Stanley cup or sorry, in the, in the regular season. And especially if you want to win the Stanley cup, 
it's not even a discussion. Okay? So so don't don't even tell me that, well, you know what? They need a better goaltender, and that's going to solve all their problems. It's not happening. Okay? That's not happening at all. That is not the issue for the Edmonton Oilers. It's a small percentage of it, but you could have Patrick Waugh, Marty Brodeur here. If you're going to leave Martin Eckhass wide open and not just get one chance, but get two, and you think goaltending's a problem, give me a break. Right? So now, Chris Knobloch didn't start this problem, but he inherited it, and now it's his problem. And that's the job of an NHL coach. So he's got to figure it out. At, at some point, and I talked about this, I said the one concern I had that Jay Woodcroft never did was he never held guys accountable with ice time. He never did. Right Now, you can talk all you want, but none of their best players were ever held accountable for making the bad defensive reads. Like I said, if it's a quick bang-bang play, you're going to make mistakes. They happen all the time. That's not a mistake. Hard work and determination, that's just a level that you want to reach. And they don't have it. They don't have it right now. They might have lost to Carolina anyway because Carolina is a really good team and they kind of beat the orders for fun a lot of the times. But when you play like you did last night, that's why it was 4 nothing, and then it was 5-1. to one. And the game was over. Like, I, I applaud the diehard Oiler fans who stuck through it and watched the entire game. Good for you. You're a diehard fan. You're probably frustrated. And maybe even when Hyman scored to make it 5-3, you're like, ooh, maybe there's a chance. Because that's fans want to believe there's a chance. And I respect that. But the Edmonton Order players, if they truly believe that they can win the way they're playing, they're fooling themselves. Okay? They're lying to themselves. And they don't, whatever their internal standard and level is, they need to increase it significantly. Because it's not good enough. It's flat out not good enough. How can it be? How can that standard be acceptable? So... We'll, uh, we'll discuss that on the show today. Uh, Terry Ryan's going to join us uh, a little bit uh, later on. Uh, Bronte will be by. Uh, Rick Lawlisher, the uh, Edmonton Elks. Uh, interesting announcement today that uh, they have created a five-person board that is going to be uh, essentially formed to conduct a review of their ownership structure. Now, three members of this committee are already on the uh, board the, you know the Eskimo board Elks board excuse me uh, are they going to have new ideas I don't know so we'll talk to Rick about that uh, he did mention this quote the club's financial struggles have been over can't be overlooked uh, impacts of COVID etc we're confident in our ability to operate in 2024 thanks to our trust fund strong season seat renewals and the support of our sponsors we will however need new investment before the end of next season to ensure the club is positioned to succeed for many years so when you say new investment, what does that mean? Oh, there, there's really only one. Like, are, are you telling me that you're going to have to have a cash call for your ticket fan base? I'm telling you right now, it's not going to work. Right? Um, your team has lost the last few years. They've made some head-scratching decisions. And I don't think you're going to have a... Now, maybe you look at and do you form a, a Copper Jackets version of green and gold? And you get some some heavy hitters in the business community who care about the community. Because football does matter here. Make no mistake. It matters in the city. It matters to a lot of people. It's a good product. It's fun when you have a good team. But this organization. Now, the orders, of course, because they've made the playoffs four years in a row. 
Maybe Sam would say, well, not necessarily the same, but it ain't much different. From 2006 until now, the Edmonton Elks have had about a four-year run when they looked like a competent organization. The rest has been a tire fire. Sounds familiar, Order fans? The difference is the Order's four years just happened the last four years. Prior to that, tire fire. I guess you could say five years because 2017 they were good. So since 2007, they've had five years. The Elks have had four. So hockey's a little bit more of a passionate igniter for fans than the football team is. I still think there's lots of people that care about the green and gold. No question about that. But does this mean they're, they're, are they looking at private ownership? And if you are, do you have people who want to... Like, remember when the, the orders, you know, had the uh, ownership group of, what, 38 now? It's different price point. But still, might need five or four or five. Now, there's some people with the money who'd want to do it themselves if they want to do it. But talk of a new stadium already... Is a new stadium going to fix the woes of this team? I don't think so. That's It's a nice thing to have, but that's not why fans have stayed away. It's not the facility. It's the way the organization has been run. It's the lack of success on the field for the organization. Make no mistake about that. Looking at a new facility like that's going to solve all your problems? Look at BC, prime example. BC was in disarray. Did they get a new facility? No. Everyone used to say, ah, it's a terrible place to watch football until ownership made it a good place to watch football. Right? That's what they did. They didn't spend millions and millions of dollars on a new facility. Right? That's To me, that's kind of unrealistic. Sure, you'd like a new one, but that's long-term down the road. That's not going to solve the immediate problems of this organization. So uh, we will talk to uh, to Rick Wallace in the 3 o'clock hour about that. Livingston went by... Um, well, we'll join by former Elks member, uh, Grey Cup champion, Elmondo Sewell. Talk a little CFL and NFL with him. Spec will be by. Uh, Tim Enger will join us. Uh, high school football, a huge time for provincials. We'll get into that. Uh, lots of football talk, of course. We are live at the Ice House. If you've never been here, man, this place is unbelievable. Now, I know you're probably frustrated right now, especially if you're a Lions fan and an Orders fan. If you're both, whew, it's a real tough time for you. The Lions absolutely gagged on one today against the Packers. But, hey, if you're a Cowboys fan, come on down. Washington fan, you can watch the game with us here. Then, of course, the, uh, the late game, Seattle and the 49ers. It should be, on paper, a pretty decent game. We'll see, though. All sorts of prizes could be won. You know, come down here, hey, I'll buy you a beer. Uh, if you're an order fan, you probably could deserve one. You could use one. So uh, stop in here. I know on your way home from work or maybe you want to step out of work, come down here. You know where we are, right downtown on 104th, just across from uh, Rogers Place. It's all sorts of uh, great specials. Uh, Brennan uh, Douglas will be down here uh, tonight at the Ice House. It's it pretty raucous here on a Thursday night. So uh, stop in, have a little bit of fun. Uh, as always, we'll get to uh, your thoughts via the text line, 833-401-1440. In our uh, Jiffy Lube inbox. Hey guys, you keep talking about how a trade won't help, but it can't hurt. Well, I never said it can't. I said I didn't say a trade wouldn't help if it's the right trade. But I don't believe that if you make one trade, that suddenly all the woes of the orders disappear. That that's that's fairy tale story. That's wishful thinking. It's not going to happen. Because the main core will remain intact. 
the Edmonton Orders leadership group needs to sit down. And, and here's the thing. Matthias Ekholm outlined rather clearly at the end of the season last year in the playoffs how they have to play to win. And again, he reiterated at the start of this year. And you have not seen it. All right. So there you have a guy who's played in the Stanley Cup Finals. Who's a defensive. Now, he's not playing great either. Coming off an injury, whatever it is. But still, he outlined how to play. And this team still decides they're not going to play that way. Because I'm and don't and they can say they want to. They can say all the right things, but actions speak louder than words. And any Oiler fan who has watched this season, unless you're watching with the ultimate orange and blue Kool-Aid flavored glasses, you will see a team that has not committed to sound defensive hockey. Not close. Not remotely close. They're, they've gone back to their old ways where they gift goals. And this that, that's why I say to me, this is a deep-rooted issue. Sadly, this season might be lost. I hate to say it. It's November freaking 23rd. I thought the days of talking about next year in Edmonton were gone. This early in a season. But they might be. They might be back. But then you have to use the remainder of this season as a core group a little bit of pain. Maybe you're the 2017 Lightning. You missed the playoffs after some good years. right? Maybe that's what happens to Edmonton. But they need to wake up and they need to look internally and realize we cannot win playing this way. And stop talking about it and actually do it. Hold each other accountable. Stop looking for, oh, we're going to get a new coach. Oh, somehow a new coach is going to come in and he's going to he's going to be the one. Oh, you know what? We're just not maybe being taught the right way. Give me a break. Give me a break. This is, this is basic defensive fundamentals. Shoulder checking. It's not hard. You, you're taught that from young. On your, don't just skate hard back. That's great. Working hard is one element. Working smart is more important. Leon Drysaddle, he's in the he's easily in the right position. He didn't even have to exert himself. Just look over his left shoulder. Oh, there's Martin Neches. Okay, I'll just slide over here, six feet to the left, and as he comes in, I've got him covered. Nothing happens. Then nothing happens. He's probably got a the the Hurricanes forward probably pushes the puck back to the point man, and away you go. But look at Carolina's second goal. Again, the Oilers, and I uh, there's a in their own zone. The puck's on the left wall. McDavid's there, Nurse is there, Drysaddle, and Fogel. Four of them are on that one quadrant. Why? I don't know. They push the puck back to the blue line. And watch, go watch that replay. That was their second goal where it hit the Carolina guy in front, then ricocheted off uh, the second guy, and then he gets a loose puck and bangs it home. Look at the shooting lane. Nobody's in the shooting lane. That's your responsibility. And what does Leon Drysaddle do on that play? Well, he comes up, and then he, he veers over to the right. Well, maybe this guy's going to pass it. No, Fogel's not in the shooting lane down low. McDavid's on the sideboards. Nurse was in the corner battling the guy. There's no one in the shooting lane. What the hell are you doing? And again, this was not a tic-tac-toe play. This was basic, simple. Carolina has the puck, not even in a dangerous spot. They gave up goals last night that weren't even from stemming at the start from a high danger play and it resulted in a goal 
Like, that's inexcusable. It's not like guys were scrambling after they got beat to try to get back in position. And that, to me, illustrates the fundamental problems of the Edmonton Oilers. And it is deep it is deep rooted. And this is not going to be fixed easily. It starts with your leaders. That's what leaders have to do. Okay? I'm not expecting suddenly Dry Saddle McDavid to be Patrice Bergeron and be a Selkie trophy winner, but you have to have a conscience defensively. And then you have to play to that standard and then hold others accountable. Darnell Nurse. Same thing. Got to stop running around. Well, geez, I like trying hard. I like to help out. No, you're not helping. You're not helping out. Stop it. Know your position. Play your position. Win a battle in front. Use your six foot four, two 225-pound body to win battles in front. Simple. Ryan McLeod, got speed? Well, then win a battle. Use your speed. Win a battle. Philip Broberg, win a battle behind the net. We can go down the list. It's a whole team issue. But if no one wants to hold each other accountable, it's never changing. Okay? That's the problem. It's never changing. So until that happens, trust me, don't don't keep talking about a trade for a goalie. Okay? I know why people say it because it's like, well, geez, if we get a goal. Because sometimes it's easier to want to look at something else rather than focus on what's reality, what's right in front of you, because it's not pretty if you're an order fan. And it's probably not even pretty if you're the order's organization. They made the coaching change. Well, guess what? What did we say the day after the coaching change? The chances of this coaching change fixing anything if the players don't want to be fixed is minimal. And now that's what we see. They had their little coaches bump. They won three games in a row, and I cautioned everybody. I said they beat teams who couldn't score, Seattle and the Islanders. So good for them. They shut them down. And then since then, look how many goals they've given up to Florida, to Tampa, and to Carolina, teams that can actually score. Shocking. Why? Because the same problems that existed prior to Chris Knobloch are the same problems that exist now. It's a player problem. And if they don't want to fix it, then the organization might have to look at moving some guys out. Because you're not going to win with this collective attitude. All right? You need a goalie. Don't get me wrong. You need better goaltending. But you need significantly better commitment to battling, to playing sound defense, and to making smart reads offensively and defensively. Stop turning the puck over off the rush, three feet in the offensive zone, and allowing odd man rushes the other way. Stop it. How often do teams do that to the orders? How often do the orders get a turnover inside their blue line that leans directly to an odd man rush? Can you name any this year? How many? Right? And then the one last one, we'll go to break. What in H-E double hockey sticks is going on when the Edmonton orders? Now, the one beef I will say on the fourth goal, I would argue the orders, Connor McDavid, that should have been called a penalty. He got taken down behind the net. Okay? So that's point one. I believe that should have been a penalty on Chaffield all day long. But it's not called. Now look at the play. It comes up. It's still a nothing play. But what are the coaches doing? What are the players doing? Why is Vincent DeHarnay playing left defense and Brett Kulak playing right defense when the puck was in the offensive zone? What are they doing? They're on their offside. So what happens? Carolina comes up. They recognize, oh, we got a right defender on left defense. Look where his stick is. Middle of the ice. Jarvis cuts to the outside. DeHarnay doesn't get his stick there. He doesn't recognize it. Boom, he comes in, scores. That's a save that I need from Skinner, though. I'll say that. Can't be scoring from the hash marks on the wall, for God's sakes. But look at all the small details. Why are you playing a lefty and a righty on the wrong sides? What the hell is going on? You're an NHL team. 
You're NHL coaches. You're NHL players. Get your focus better. Like, those are plays that should not happen. The other t- – oh, heads up play. And Seth Jarvis, to his credit, sees a right-hand defender playing the left side, and they make him pay. And, and it's just ridiculous time and time again why these things happen. Quick break. We'll return. It's the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca live at the Canadian Ice House downtown on 104th Ave just across from Rogers. Play stop in. We'll buy you a beer. Two. 25 as we continue on sports 1440 it's the jason greger show live at the canadian ice house uh, stop in say hello man this thing is huge if you've never been here and uh, you do have to stop in and just sit in the actual ice house you can you can sit in the freezer it's uh it's nice and chilly in there if you want a, a real cool beverage uh check it out uh, i am jason greger we have uh nfl football the second game of a triple header, uh, just get set to go. Uh, Washington and Dallas. So, uh, Cowboy fans, Commander fans, come on by, say hello. And then, of course, the uh, the late one. Uh, we'll see where is uh, is old Squeaky Brad coming by. We'll see. Oh, Seattle taking on the uh, 49ers tonight. Um, hey, uh, order fans, come down. We can we can all discuss. So, have a round table of uh, how you fix it because uh, it's it's not going to be simple. I'll tell you that. As we get to the uh, oil report, brought to you by. Volvo of Edmonton, uh, where you can stop in. Uh, you maybe need a, maybe need a reprieve. They got uh, great uh, Black Friday deals all the way to the end of the month, where you can get seventy five hundred dollars off any twenty twenty three Volvo at Canada's best and number one Volvo dealership, VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. As a uh, Ruben Bronte, aka Robin Brownlee. Uh, oh no, he's going to join us at uh, two forty. All right. Okay, let's go to uh, my guest. Got my uh, sheets wrong. I thought Bailey was uh, 240. My bad. Uh, uh, it is good because the orders are in Washington. And, oof, oh, my goodness. They're playing a Capitals team who everybody didn't think was going to be good but has been great defensively. Charlie Lingard's playing great, and the uh, Capitals are right in the thick of things. Uh, Bailey, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I, I guess, you know, the Capitals for years were always considered a really high-end offensive team. They Obviously, with Holtby, when they won, they were a good defensive team. But right now, their power play is terrible, but they're winning. That That's never really happened in Washington. So uh, what's been the keys for them uh, outside of Lindgren? No, it really hasn't ever happened. And it's interesting because they're not even really scoring that much at five-on-five. The power play is catching the headlines because it's the worst in the league. But they're really at five-on-five, not generating a ton either. And somehow they just keep finding a way. Dylan Strom is their leading scorer with eight goals and just picked up his second assist of the season last night. So that was – he's starting to pick up the assists now too, which is promising for him. But, no, I mean, it's been a really interesting start to the year. They obviously had a really tough start their first five games, and then now they're 9-1-1 and in their last 11 and kind of just keep finding a way. Yeah, you know what? Uh, they faced Buffalo last night, and they get down early 2 nothing. You got Zach Benson scoring one of the nicest first uh, uh, career NHL goals I've seen in a while. But they just keep battling back. And really, I think it was the comeback occurred in the last 23 minutes of the game. Yeah, it did. They really started to tilt ice kind of after Dylan Cousins put Buffalo back up 3-2. It was the first power play goal they'd given up in a while. I think they were 24 straight penalty kills before that one so that fired them up a little bit to have that streak broken really started to generate more offensively the first period and a half were pretty sloppy which has been a problem for them at times this year when things aren't working for the capitals it's often because their touches just aren't quite right nothing they're doing is really clicking even if they do get in the offensive zone it's kind of one and done and they're right back having to break out again which is also kind of the same problem that the power play has but last night they 
kind of got their horses back under them and found a way late. I really thought last night might have been the night the streak ended. They'd won four in a row until then and kind of had found their way to be on the right side of some fine margins. And I thought maybe last night was the night the fine margin would finally turn against them. But this team has continued to prove me wrong this year. Well, uh, TJ Oshie makes an appearance, scores his first goal of the season. That's what's so crazy about this. Like, their power play's terrible. Oshie had done nothing offensively. You mentioned their five-on-five scoring. But they just keep finding ways to win. Even Alex Ovechkin, by his standards, is obviously uh, well below. But uh, did you see a difference in Oshie once he scored? Right? At how, like, maybe, you know, the anvil was removed and suddenly he's moving a lot better. You could definitely see it in his celebration. That one definitely felt good for him. The first couple games of the year, he had a lot of chances, and it felt like he was due. And then the last few games, the chances had kind of dropped off too, and you could see him getting increasingly frustrated as sort of nothing he was doing was working. So to get that one definitely felt good for him. You could see it in the huge smile in his celebration. Everyone knows that TJ Oshie is a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, so when he's not smiling, it's usually a sign that things aren't going very well for him. And then it was kind of funny. He went right back to being snake bit ended up working out for them with the overtime win but he had a chance with about five minutes left where the puck came to him with a completely open net and it went off his skate and kind of skittered along the goal line and never crossed it so Ah. hopefully the goal gets him going a little bit but it was a little bit funny to see him go right back to being a little bit snake bit in the third period uh, Bailey Johnson joins us, uh, beat reporter for the Washington Capitals. Oilers afternoon affair, of course, uh, Black Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving in the U.S. tomorrow. So a, a boatload of, of matinee games. And, uh, well, when your team's not scoring, a lot of people will say, oh, man, you know, it's unfair. There's a lot of pressure on the goaltenders, and, you know, it's not sustainable. But, man, Charlie Lindgren, now he's made five starts. Kemper, Kemper's made nine. But Charlie Lindgren has been unreal. Even Hunter Shepard in the games that he's got in, like the, the Lindgren Kemper numbers, uh, Bailey, from a 940 save percentage for Lindgren to an 892 for Darcy Kemper. Like, it's pretty drastic. Um, is it fair of, of you know, an accurate representation of how they played? Is Kemper having a lot of bad luck? Like, how do you explain behind the exact same team such a difference in the save percentage between the two goalies? Yeah, that's kind of the number one question that everyone here is trying to answer. I do think there's something to it being a little bit of bad luck for Kemper. He is sort of in every single one of his starts, they find a way to give up a great A chance in the first, like, five minutes, and it just kind of gets him started on the back foot. J.J. Paterka scored the opener last night, and then Zach Benson scored that unbelievable goal, which is a tough one for the goaltender. And in, in Lindgren's starts, it just seems like they're a little bit tighter earlier, and that's kind of just a product of the game flow. Spencer Carberry pointed that out last night, too, that he thought Kemper was good in the win over Buffalo, and he would like to see his team help Darcy out a little bit more in the early moments of games and let him kind of settle in. There have been a couple games this year that Darcy has played where it kind of gets away from him early, and even if he's good the next 50, 45 minutes, however long it is, it isn't quite enough to make a difference after having a tougher start. So you look at the Capitals, uh, Bailey, and, you know, a lot of people were wondering, especially with, the, you know, the Backstrom announcement, and, uh, you know, they, they didn't have all summer to plan for it. They're like, okay, we'll give him a chance. He comes back, and it's not working. You know, there was the rumblings, oh, maybe Kuznetsov. Like, are you surprised and how this team is playing, and do you think it's sustainable? Like, is this good, or is this just a hot start that eventually is going to unravel? Yeah, I'm certainly definitely surprised, and I would say it's mostly unsustainable, but where it gets interesting is you start to think, like, yeah, the way they're winning right now with the performances they're getting from Charlie Lindgren, and they've gotten a lot of puck luck as far as the defense. They've been giving up a lot of high-danger chances that just haven't been going in. 
But at the same time, they're also not getting a lot from Oshie. They're not getting a lot from Kuznetsov. Ovi, like you said, by his standards, is off to a slower start. And the power play is at the bottom of the league. So even if the goaltending and the defense take a dip, you could envision a possibility where the offense also starts to pick up and it kind of still keeps them at a decent level. So that's sort of the big question right now is when those things are going to happen because certainly, you know, you expect the penalty kill won't be perfect forever and they showed that last night as they gave one up. Charlie Lindgren probably won't play like a Vezina winner all year long, though maybe he will. And the question is just sort of when the defense drops off if the offense is going to be there to pick them back up. Yeah, um, I know Kevin Woodley from Ingold Magazine, he talked last year and said Charlie Lindgren was the guy that he sought after. He feels that now, maybe not a 940 save percentage, but but he thinks he's pretty legit. He's been pounding his drum for quite a while. So if you ever want to do a feature on Lingren, reach out to Kevin Woodley from uh, NHL.com. He's uh, He's been uh, yeah, throwing out a lot of numbers, backing up why he thinks he's uh, he's going to be good. Um, the uh, the Capitals, you mentioned, like, offensively, I, I was looking at their team. It's not like you can you find a lot of guys where you say, okay, you know, this guy's really leading it. But Strom has come into Washington, and, and he's fit in very well. Like, he was a player that was had taken years to kind of find his game, and he seems to have found a home in Washington. Um, when you talk to him, what is it that it's allowed him to kind of live up to being that number three overall pick finally? I think it was just sort of a time thing and getting the right fit finally. He started to really find his game towards the end of his time in Chicago. And at this point, looks like an interesting decision that they did not give him a qualifying offer and he didn't stick around there. But he, like you said, has fit in right away in Washington. He had a really good season last year. I remember him saying something last season about, like, he just wanted to be wanted and he feels wanted in Washington, which is certainly true. I mean, he's playing as their top-line center right now. He's got eight goals. He also may only have two assists, but in some of the advanced analytics and the things that SportLogic tell you about the high-danger passes, he leads the team. So you would expect those offensive numbers to continue to tick up and him to pick up more assists because he is generally more of a playmaker than a goal scorer. And the other guys on the team have made quite a few jokes about his goal-scoring record looking like a Cy Young winner right now. But, no, he means fit in really, really well. He really has meshed well with the team. He's meshed well with his role. It seems like Spencer Carberry's more puck possession system fits well with his game, kind of allows him to cover up some of the things that are still not highlights of his game. Like his skating is never going to be a standout attribute, but when they're playing a more possession style, it allows him to have longer shifts in the offensive zone and not need to be skating around as much. Bailey, I appreciate the rundown. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully you had some turkey today. And uh, enjoy tomorrow's uh, matinee. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, Bailey Johnson joining us, beat reporter for the Washington Capitals. Who, man, they just keep winning. They're 9-1-1 and in their last 11. This will not be an easy end to the road trip for the Empton Oilers. I'll tell you right. Well, no game's easy when you choose not to commit to playing sound defensive hockey. Let's, just, let's be honest here. We we can try to come up with some cool thing to say about the Edmonton Orders, but the, the fact is, if you watch last night's game, their standard, their internal level of commitment to defense isn't high enough. And until the players decide to play up to it or create an, an actual level that's going to allow them to have success, they're not going to win consistently. Yeah, they can beat teams like Seattle and the Islanders, sure. But you're going to be teams that can score because they'll make you pay for your offensive mistakes or defensive mistakes. And that's what we've seen in the last three games. So it's a, I, I know it's maybe boring, but that's just the truth. The Edmonton orders, and it starts at the top, man. I know there's been a lot of time people never want to look and point, but well, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl played together nine minutes last night. 
They got outshot 9 nothing, and outscored 3 nothing when they were on the ice together in nine minutes. Outshot 9 nothing, Outscored 3 nothing. Not good enough. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with Bronte and more on The Gregor Show. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Live at the Canadian Ice House. Uh, stop in. Come say hi to myself. Hey, we'll buy you a, a beverage. you got all sorts of great specials on it. It is, of course, uh, NFL Thursday, the triple header, Washington. And, uh, and if you stay tonight, come for the NFL. Your chance, you could win an unbelievable trip. You can go to any season opener of your choice, whatever your favorite team is. You could be at their season opener next year. All the details here today at the Ice House. Welcome back. Thursday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Coming to you live on Oilers Nation YouTube. And we are at the Canadian Ice House. Of course, a part of the the Brew House family. Stop in. It's a Thursday night football. Uh, your chance to win uh, their game day prize. A chance to win a trip for two to any NFL season or home opener next year also uh brandon douglas will be down here uh, later on tonight uh you can get the golden ticket baby so uh come on down and say hello just off of uh, 104th right across from uh rogers place and you know what hey if you want you can bring your skates i noticed they got the uh skating rink the zamboni was out there Oof, not necessarily sure you're probably gonna bring your skates but just saying it's an option if you choose it's an option now uh we will go Around the NHL, brought to you by McDonald's, where uh, you can stop in right now at uh, McD's because, hey, they got a lot of great deals for you. You can enjoy the Junior Chicken or McDouble with fries and a small fountain drink for only five seventy nine. The uh, McDonald's McPicks for a limited time only. Check them out. As uh, Robin Brownlee. A.K.A. Uh, Ruben Bronte joins us, and uh, Rubes, it's a uh, it's not good time right now for uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And uh, last night uh, really was the, uh, uh, the the Netchez goal was a prime example of just not doing simple defensive hockey. Uh, you can look at uh, three of the other four goals where there's a lack of necessary work ethic to win in the NHL, a lack of a uh, puck awareness. All the main issues of the Oilers all were at the forefront. Those might have been the easiest five goals Carolina has scored this season. And until the players decide, like, am I wrong? I think this is a player issue. Until the players decide collectively as a group to raise their standard of commitment, I don't care. You can make some trades. I'm not I'm not saying the lineup's perfect. Obviously, you have to make trades. But the trades aren't going to solve anything unless you suddenly bring in some guys. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Who's going to come in there and maybe tear some paint off the room to get the people's players' attention? Things like awareness no matter what system you use. And I look at that play last night with Eckholm, who's normally a very uh, reliable defense-first guy. I don't know what he was doing with that pass, but when he's if he's going up the ice like that, at, at some point, doesn't somebody else say, Matthias is going up ice. I better take care of business back here and cover for him. To me, that's that's not a system. That's NHL caliber thinking, man. It's it's sixty under sixteen caliber thinking. You get taught that way back in minor hockey. Uh, when to go, when to woe, when to cover, and that's not happening. Uh, that one stuck out to me because Eckholm's been involved in a couple of difficult plays this year. Uh, that we plays that we didn't see all of last season after he arrived. Um, the Netches goal, it's like it was like uh, I don't know what, like a government uh, highway job or something where everybody was standing around, but they weren't working. They were leaning on their shovels, and, and Natchez, uh puts the puck in the net. I mean. Everybody's there, but nobody's doing anything. Uh, systems don't teach that. Uh, being aware uh, means you don't let a guy tiptoe in like that and, and put the puck in the net while you're standing around. So there, it's, it's time after time, game after game, we're seeing one, two, sometimes three or four examples of this kind of defense, Jason, or lack of, of, of defense. And what I was noticing listening to all the interviews online nobody's got i mean nobody's got even even any answers and and talking doesn't solve the problem but at least where they say something that sounds reasonable they're just kind of like mumbling and fumbling right now nobody's got any idea what to do and that includes at least my opinion uh the the new coach he looks like a deer in the headlights out there to me yeah um and I, we had said from the get-go, I didn't, I didn't think the coaching change was going to solve the uh, the problems of the Edmonton Oilers. And, man, if it ends up making worse, oh, my goodness, uh, you know, Jeff Jackson, Ken Holland. And hey, yeah. Ken Holland is not uh, – he, he's not excused in the roster construction of this team, right? Um, he they, – they got smaller in the offseason. They got less aggressive in the offseason. Yep. And they uh, they weren't a very good defense. I know they'll they'll point. Everybody likes to point to the small sample. Well, look at the final thirty two games. Okay, what about the playoff games? Look how many goals you gave up in the playoffs. So yep. your team defense wasn't good enough. 
but you ran back the exact same blue line core. So uh, to to not point some blame at the at the management and the construction of this team to me is foolish. Like they, you know what? And the problem is now to try to fix it in season is extremely difficult when you have no cap space and you got a five million dollar uh, anvil sitting in the minors. Like I don't, I'm not sure, you know, how you do it. Like. But here's the fact: you better try something because this season is teetering on the brink. If it's not, some say it's already gone too far, but uh, they're definitely teetering on the brink. And uh, two or three more losses, and you're like, oh my god, you're, you're looking ahead to next season already, which is flat out embarrassing at the stage of where this organization is. Well, you're not going to get anywhere, and I know frustrated fans don't want to hear this. You're not going to get anywhere by turning over 20 or 30% of the roster. You're not, you're not sending out four or five guys for four or five new guys. You don't have the margin to do that. Okay, everybody in, this will change things. Let's learn the system. You've got professionals who have shown before, who showed last year, or have shown at times, even if it wasn't here, but on other teams, they know how to play. They know how to commit. What I don't get is how the, I don't know if it's comfort level or thinking you're pretty good and satisfied with yourselves, and then before you realize it, you're, you've are you dug yourself this deep hole like they have. Now, I don't look at any player on this roster, Jason, and correct me if I'm wrong. There's some there's some marginal guys, but I didn't look at any guy they brought in and say, oh, he can't play in the National Hockey League. He doesn't know how to be uh, respectable defensively in the National Hockey League. This guy's got no chance. What are they thinking? Now we get 18 games deep into the season, and everybody's saying, these guys don't look like they can play in the National Hockey League. Well, they've shown before they can. They're just not showing it now. So how do you crack that nut? I don't know. This isn't a bunch of guys who are in their first year of professional hockey. No, not at all, as uh, Robin Brownlee joins. And to me, that that's the big issue. Like, w- when you look, and, and I understand that confidence is a factor. You start, you know, you, you start pressing, so I understand all that. But every team has talked about this forever. When you're struggling, you go back to your foundation. And the orders right now, I don't believe yep. they have a foundation. That's the problem. Like, we've talked about this for years. What's the identity of the orders? Do you want to know what the truthful identity of the Edmonton orders is? The truthful identity of the Edmonton orders is they will gift easy goals because that has been the consistent for the last seven or eight years. They can be dynamic at times. No question. We've seen it. They can, uh, you know what? They've got some obviously high-end offensive players for sure, but that's not a team identity. The Oilers' identity, I don't care if it's their first line to their fourth line, their first pairing to their third pairing, they will gift easy goals. That's their identity. And they don't want to seem to admit it publicly ever. They'll always, oh, we believe in ourselves. We believe what we have in the room. We hold each other accountable. Well, how do you hold each other accountable if the same mistakes continue to happen? I don't see how you can honestly say to yourself you're holding each other accountable. You know what? That is team speak for, you know, you you get the same questions after a while. You keep making the same mistakes. 
you you don't you can't get upset at the people asking the questions because you you keep doing the same thing. But you don't hold each other accountable. I would you know. I was in National Hockey League dressing rooms for a long time, Jason. You've been in them for a long time. To me, it's sometimes it's it's a way of saying, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of ourselves. Accountability in professional sports comes down to a couple things. You want it to start with the player who, I need to do this. I'm getting paid good money to play uh, a game. I'm a professional. I, I take pride in being a National Hockey League player. But if that isn't enough, if the player isn't doing it from within, accountability, the coach holds accountability in the palm of his hand. Sorry, son, you're not playing. Take a seat. Sorry, son, you're not dressing go upstairs in the press box and get another look at the game and maybe you can get yourself sorted out. Accountability is coaching and minutes and playing time are the currency and I don't see the coaches here. Jay Woodcroft, who I think was a wonderful coach in many ways, but I don't see that accountability uh, in place by take a seat, you're not playing. It's easy to say it. I'm not seeing it happening from the coaching staff on down. No. So Ken Holland can't and Jeff Jackson can't. I don't think they can just do nothing, although I, I guess maybe they could. And then you just, well, the players don't solve it. Uh, you know, they'll make some moves, and so then Brown's bonuses aren't bonus overages, and they won't count for next season. And you just use this as a, as a write-off year. Like, I can't believe after 18 games – that's their mindset. So I know there's lots of rumors out there. Old Corey Perry's been out. He's a healthy scratch. You know, the team said, you know, they'll, they'll have a comment on it later. Like, how often do players in November get healthy scratch because of a trade? Honestly. Right? Because if the trade was that close, it would have yeah. been announced already. Right? Um, and, then, and then he doesn't practice the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, I just – I think there's something else going on that's not trade-related uh, to that. He's also making $4 million, even if Chicago retains two of it. I'm not sure that's a, a great help for your team uh, at this point cap-wise. Right? I think Corey Perry, Stanley Cup pedigree, you know, he's a committed player. Corey Perry would I, – I think he would bring some angst to your team, no question. But, you know, and, unless it's like a massive trade that has lots of other parts, you know, and – you know, it would be good to talk about, but I just, even then, you unless Corey Perry can come in here and convince the core group, the guys who play the most minutes, your top six forwards, your top four defensemen, to play more sound defensive hockey all over the ice, I don't think it's going to matter. You know what, I, I agree, Jason, because here's the thing. The, the, the problem here, one of the problems here, I think Corey Perry's got some game left. I, I, he's always been a pain in the arse to play against, and he's a talented guy. Uh, you know, he's good. He's been good enough to be uh, an MVP. But you bring a guy in for part of one season at this stage in his career. Can he walk in after eighteen games, after twenty twenty two, whenever a deal might happen, and convince a core group? Most of whom, if you look at Nurse and Drysidel uh, and McDavid, um, you know, have been together six, seven, eight years. You can add Kane to the core group, not there as long. Hyman is now a member of the core group. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a member of the core group. But I don't know if a guy comes in on, in the first couple of months he's playing for your club and 
has a lot of sway with a, gr- a core group that's been around together as long as this one has. Maybe he could. I don't know. Uh, Matthias Ekholm came in and seemed to do a pretty good job settling down his defensive partner last year and settling down the defense as a whole, or maybe just the lessons took uh, in concert with his arrival and he got some credit that uh, for something that would have happened anyway. But I don't know. I don't think one guy bringing in one guy is going to make a difference unless he can stop pucks. That's all the leadership you need from a guy who plays in the blue paint is just stop the puck. Everything else will take care of itself. Easier said than done. We know they're looking at that. But uh, I don't know. This group of guys have been playing the, uh, the core of this group has been playing hockey, obviously, the way they want to play it. They've played it for uh, Todd McClellan, and they've played it for Ken Hitchcock and and Dave Tippett, and now, you know, <laughs> Jay Woodcroft, and now they're playing the way they want to play for the new guy. Um, can we really expect much change if there's not going to be change in the lineup? And that's the catch-22 I just said. I don't think you can swap out a bunch of guys. So if you can't swap out a bunch of guys and the guys you've got uh, aren't going to change. You're kind of in a between a rock and a hard place. And until somebody does something to prove it different, I wonder if there's going to make any changes at all, or if it's just going to be more blah 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 as the season goes down the uh, plumbing. Roots, have yourself a good weekend. Uh, we'll see if the orders. I got games Washington and Anaheim, and man, uh, come Monday, uh, uh, maybe there'll be a glimmer of hope, or whew, could be a uh, real tough. Pill for uh, order fans. We'll see. Happy Thanksgiving for uh, all of, if you're enjoying the football. Weekend. There you go. That's uh, Robin Brownlee. Uh, joins us every Monday and Thursday here on Sports 1440. Uh, when we uh, return, uh, we've got uh, lots more. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Rick Lalashur talking about the uh, Edmonton Elks uh, ownership structure. What has to change there? Very interesting stuff. After Connor Halley and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 